0: Welcome to a new season of Retrain Your Brain with me, Dr. Audrey Tang. I'm a chartered psychologist and a trainer, and I specialize in giving you simple, accessible, practical tools to achieve everything you want out of life. And in this season, I am thrilled to introduce to you many guest experts whom I've had the pleasure of learning from, and I hope that you will benefit from their expertise too. And now I'm very delighted to welcome stand-up comic Gary Mannheim to talk about his experiences with mental health and mental ill health and how he uses that in his work. Welcome to the lounge, Gary.
1: Hey, Audrey. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure.
0: It's really wonderful to have you here. You are riding the wave in the world of stand-up comedy, which... Of course, always sounds like a little bit of a juxtaposition with mental health, but many comedians do draw from very personal and sometimes quite dark subject matter. So how has your own experiences, how have they influenced your work?
1: It's a really interesting question and of course we all reach the point in time where we are now just everything is informed by our own personal history and I think you've probably found in your research in in talking to stand-up comics that that quite a lot of them have troubled childhoods and I mean who, who doesn't have some degree of trauma in their lives. But, uh, I think it's a way of processing one's experience. Uh, and I certainly think that humor for me was a way of, uh, of, of maybe escaping, sometimes not dealing with the actual issues. You, 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 you know, you, you can just flee into humor or, or flee into silliness. So I think the interesting thing with stand up comedy is to find some stability within oneself. And yeah, it can be a way of processing trauma. It, it, it can be therapy. In fact, the first gig I ever did was at the end of a, a course and I was going off in full flight and I just stopped and said out loud to the audience, oh my God, this is like therapy for me.
0: <laughs> oh my so, god! So,
1: so, so for a stand-up comic, uh, I think uh, to have this idea of stand-up comedy as a form of therapy Uh, where people are actually paying to watch you, which is completely the converse.
0: That's true. Being heard is is one of the most important things. It's something we're all reaching out to. But I think your point about having that stability to be able to talk about it is showing a lot of growth. And so do you mind telling me or sharing your experiences with
1: with mental ill health <clears throat> yeah i mean i i can say i'm a person that uh, that does experience depression some people say suffer from depression but but i i like leonard cohen's quote uh when he was asked about how depression informs his work he said it doesn't particularly it's simply the sea that he swims in mm. um So I can talk about my own experience of depression, I experience it as a form of frozen pain. So I think depression is is a kind of stasis situation um, where you're unable to process trauma. And I think the breakthrough happens when the tears do come, when the feeling does come, when there's a thawing uh, of that. Uh, there's a really interesting song by John Martin called Solid Air that was written uh, for Nick Drake, who was a musician who was around in the 60s who took his own life. And he talks about solid air. Uh, and I think that's a wonderful description of depression. It's like trying to move through solid air. It's mm-hmm. like trying to move through something that's the, that's very, very solid and very, very difficult. Um, so that, that is kind of how I perceive what my experience of depression is. That's
0: incredibly evocative and visceral, and it's very powerful. I think your ability to express that really helps people understand how it can feel to some people and how unpleasant that can really be, how stuck you can really feel. One of the ways you have worked on your depression has been through primal therapy is that right and if you don't mind could you tell me a little bit more about primal therapy or your experiences of therapy
1: sure sure I mean primal therapy was really devised by a guy called Arthur Janov in the states in the 1960s what we can talk about is how we're damaged as children and how the trauma that we experience at a young age gets suppressed in the system, and I think even we can go back to pre-birth and birth experience. I think that uh, that that a child has no cognitive functioning. So if a baby experiences pain, mm-hmm. then it has no concept of itself as a separate individual, mm-hmm. uh, as the mother or the father as a separate individual, uh, as the room. It has no conception of itself as a separate entity. So if a, a, a newborn experiences pain, it's global. It's almost as if that's all that exists. And as we uh, ascend in age... Uh, the trauma that, that we experience can be so painful. So to give an example, to come to a comprehension that maybe mum and dad don't love me would be tantamount to dying. There, there, there's no way that the, that the brain and the body can deal with that. So it gets suppressed, it gets pushed down. And this idea of deep feeling therapies or primal therapies is a way to gradually and gently allow that trauma, all the stuff that is unconscious, mm-hmm to gently be released into consciousness Mm. where you can start to come to terms with it. So you're no longer driven Mm. by these unconscious traumas. You're, you're, you're no longer unconsciously trying to fulfill unmet needs. So you're, you're, you're no longer looking, on an unconscious level for your partner to be the parent that you didn't have and to fulfill those early primal needs. And, and, and the way that one experiences that is, is a very, it can be very physical feeling. So, so in talk therapies, we just talk about things and we come to an intellectual understanding in deep feeling therapies, we uncover that trauma and it gets released. So uh, I I can certainly give you an example if you think that would be helpful.
0: Yes, because on this show we talk about a lot of different types of interventions because one size does not fit all. And it's wonderful for our listeners to hear that there are so many different approaches out there. And if a feeling therapy is what's going to work for you, then there is that option. So I, I would love that if that's okay, please.
1: So, uh, so I was in a, a therapeutic environment, um, engaged with this one facilitator, this, the, this one therapist. It was, uh, it was a weekend-long group, so it takes weeks over a different period of time, and, and you can work on whatever you want to work on. And in fact, I became withdrawn, and I wanted to write a letter to a certain member of my family. Uh, Because there was a lot of stuff that was unresolved, a lot of stuff that was not spoken. And he came up to me, he realized what was going on. He almost infringed on my space and I wanted to tell him to go away and leave me alone. But I couldn't find the words, I couldn't find the power, I couldn't find the strength. He was just there and I was there and I wanted him to go and he wouldn't. But he knew what he was doing. And it it ended up getting me pushing him on the shoulders and saying to him go away leave me alone and it wasn't me as an adult that was doing it the sound and the feeling that was coming through me from the deepest level of myself were the words of a seven-year-old boy that wanted this person to go away and leave me alone and those were words that had never been expressed that had never been fully realized
0: Yes. And I can see as you're talking, that imagery of you would be able to voice that now, you'd be able to understand and cognitively process that as an adult. But in that moment and in that sense, when the words, the words can't come, it is almost tapping back into the little boy who experienced everything and had no words at that time. That's incredible. And I think what's, what's really interesting listening to you talking about this is you are very open with seeking support, seeking help, your own experiences. And forgive the stereotype, I find that quite unusual in men. Do you think that men don't, say hang on a minute I need some help do you think they try and deal with it or do you think that there's a sense of weakness or or am I completely misunderstanding men?
1: I think that there is a a move away from feeling if you're a man there is a a move away from not talking and expressing how you feel Mm. there is a hardness and a toughness and it's it can be quite malevolent and in 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 terms of i mean just just to say i i i think that if you are especially as a man if you're deadened to the pain within yourself if that trauma remains unprocessed so you will become desensitized to pain in another person and that's how i think Certainly men who are violent are able to perpetrate such violence because they're so deadened to that within themselves. They're unable to have that sense of empathy with other people. And I think certainly we're taught that we can solve all our own problems ourselves. Yeah. Uh, and it's it, it, it's a flee away from even attempting to resolve one's internal world. I think we're we're pulled out of our internal world all of the time. We're surrounded by all of this visceral stimulation and we're invited every day not to go within. I think even more so now with all of the social media and and all of these things that engage us so much, uh, the last thing people do is allow themselves to experience their internal worlds and i think that's more so with men and, and and with the masculine mindset and i think that's why we see you know around the world the, the world is still kind of run by men and mm-hmm. and so you have this masculine uh urge to dominate and to control mm-hmm. and it's about conflict rather than connection and cooperation yeah. uh, and we need to move away from that yes
0: Ooh. yes absolutely and, and on that what would your advice be to anyone, male or female, struggling now? I mean, this is the winter season. It's, it's one of those times where maybe the weather doesn't help, the cold doesn't help, social isolation doesn't help. What would you say to anybody who maybe needs a, a bit of a helping hand?
1: I think, I think it's quite simple. And I think the answer is kindness. And kindness starts with the self And I think, you know, I think mindfulness and meditation definitely helps. So I think, you know, the beginning of the answer is is just to sit with yourself and just to allow whatever it is that's unfolding inside of you, just, just allow it to be as it is and just sit with it. And if that is pain, if that's sorrow, if that's anger, just allow it to sit without trying to... Solve it in your mind and and then ask yourself a question. When you work out what it is you're feeling and what state of mind you're in, ask yourself a really simple question. And that question is, what is the kindest thing I can do for myself right now? And it might be a really simple answer. It might be, I'm gonna go and make myself a really healthy smoothie, or I'm gonna go out for a walk, or I'm just gonna sit and be peaceful. Or, or, you know, whatever it is, is what it is. It, it's kindness. And kindness has to start with kindness to the self. And, and if you are coming from a place of that kindness, then you're going to be more able to be kind to the people around you. You know, I, I, I think we're all human beings. We're all experiencing this life together. We're, we're all in this moment in time on this planet, and we're here to reach out to each other to help each other, to hold each other's hands through this experience called life, you know. I I think it's an important, that's why Why we're here.
0: Yes, that's just, I was just lost in your words. That is just beautiful. And it really is such a lovely sentiment to almost end this very difficult year on. I think that's so beautiful. So, Gary, where can we find out more about you? Where can we come and see you perform? Where can we have an evening with Gary Mannheim? Because I think that would be amazing.
1: That's great. So uh, you can find me on Facebook, which is uh, just simply under my name, Gary Mannheim, M-A-N-H-I-N-E. You can check me on my social medias. Uh, (laughs) There's a small profanity, so I'll just spell it out for you, which is S-H-I-T-Ninja. (laughs) <laughs> on um, on uh, YouTube and Shit Ninja Three on Twitter uh, because there were obviously uh, two before me, well three before me. Yeah, that's but-
0: brilliant. Oh, it has been an absolute pleasure to speak with you. This has been very powerful and very enlightening, and I think your words about kindness are so important and really resonate. And that's all we have time for. But do check out some of the earlier episodes for 10 minutes on my couch with more practical tips or else my YouTube channel, Dr. Rutang Tools to Thrive. And you can catch more guest experts on my radio show on Live Radio, which is the Wellbeing Lounge, Tuesday nights at 9 p.m.